worthy of every song you could ever sing. What a great line. 17 years of services here at Radius Church. All of those songs we've sung over and over and over. He's worthy. Let's pray to him. Father, we, uh, we celebrate you. We worship you. We, uh, as creative as that we can be, we put together words and sing them to you. With the best voices we can produce, we make noise to you because you're worthy. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for us. We pray in your great name. Amen. 17 years of services, even as I've been able to sit in this room today and hang out with Mike and Andy. JT's in here today. Andrea helps design some of this. It's, this is really a we thing. We put together a service. And in reality, it's not just a few of us that have a role on uh, the video today. It's actually you. If you're a partner at Radius, you help produce this. By years and years of giving and serving, we put together uh, this, this flawed but beautiful thing called the local church. So thank you. We look forward to this, this fall as we come into really a strange time for our nation and for our town. And as our schools sort things out, we're looking forward to using that little word over and over and over, we. My favorite show on TV, which shows my age, is uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, Blue Bloods is a show that is in New York City. Uh, it's about a family called the Reagans. And the Reagans, multiple of the Reagans are police officers. And Frank is the police commissioner. Uh, his daughter, Erin, she works for the DA. And so it's this, uh, it's this huge show that, that just captures the life of a policeman, which is a really interesting subject right now with all the things going on in our nation. So we have uh, certainly, as you, as you watch the show, you see police officers that make bad decisions but are good men. And then you see some bad men that put on the shield and misrepresented the police department and bring shame on the police department, and they have to deal with that. And so Frank, Frank is kind of my hero. As he sorts through all of that, as he leads 35,000 cops in the, the, the biggest city in the United States, he, he carries that weight of leadership, and he carries it. Just, just really well. And if you watch the show long enough, you just see this deep pride in the NYPD, right? Like they, they stay together. They, they take up for one another, sometimes to a flaw. But my favorite part about the show is that every single show, and I've seen most of them, there's a scene where it flashes to the Reagan family around the family dinner table. They have a once a week, it's Sunday afternoons, once a week meal. They sit together and they have this conversation. And I'll go ahead and confess to you, very often it brings a tear to my eye as I watch the brothers interact with the sister, with the grandfather, this family dynamic. And Frank, uh, he's kind of the patriarch. His dad's there too. But he, he constantly has this motto, as much as he loves the NYPD and as much of his, has, of his life has been dedicated to the blue. He always says family first. And pretty much every second, third show, there's this moment where the Reagan family has to make a decision on whether uh, someone else, something else, some cause is going to be more important than their relationship with one another. Uh, my favorite parts of life are around a table. Um, we call it the Reeves table. 
And at the Reeves table, I get to look at each of my kids and, and my wife at the end of the table and just kind of smell out what's going on in the Reeves family. It's a fun time we get there because I can kind of test our culture and, and really see if we're still we, if, we're, if we are still together. It's interesting about a family, especially as my kids are growing older, they all have individual lives. I got a daughter out in Austin, Texas, and they're buying a house out there and like they've got all their stuff going on. And I got another son married here and he's, he's got his stuff going on. And, and like everybody's growing up, but we are still the Reeves. Like we're still together uh, because, of, because of this blood connection that we have. In many ways, uh, oftentimes in our country, that is the ultimate. That blood connection is the ultimate form of relationship. And Jesus challenges that. Um, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I don't know if you know how the New Testament of the Bible works, but the four, first four books are all uh, written about the life of Jesus. Four different guys. Two of them compile them based on what they've heard from other people, and two of them are eyewitness, give eyewitness accounts, right? Uh, and they compile the things that Jesus said, the miracles that he did, uh, his ongoing relationship with the, the religious leaders of the time, the time it, it, they're, they're amazing. If you haven't taken time to read them, please do. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three, all record one story. And I want to read it to you out of Mark chapter 3. It reads like this. Then Jesus' mother's, mother and brothers came to see him. I don't know if you know the context of this, but they actually are wondering if Jesus has gone crazy. The passage before and uh, earlier in, in verse 21 says he's out of his mind is what his brothers. I can imagine the brothers saying that about their older brother, Jesus. And so they come and they want to grab him. They want to keep him from embarrassing himself. And who else are they worried about? Because it's a we, it's a family, it's we. They don't want him to embarrass them anymore. And they stood outside and sent word into him and through the big crowd to come out and talk to them. Verse 32. And there was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus has this crazy reply. Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he looked around at those who were around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my mother, brother, and sister and mother. It's a... Uh, it's a confounding statement. I don't know about you and your mama, but I'm thinking about being in this room and there's a crowd in here and Shirley Reeves is at the door and I can see her and she sends word through the crowd that she wants to speak to me. I don't know if you know Shirley, but, but if you knew my mama, that, that there's some fear in my heart if she's calling me, right? But there's also all of this investment she made into my life, right? The diapers she changed, uh, all the love and affection and discipline that she, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours she invested in me. Not to mention that literally my DNA comes from her. Then, then Jesus has these half-brothers out there. I've got one brother, his name's Matt. I cannot imagine Matt at the door sending somebody in as a messenger because we have thousands and thousands of hours together again. Now, Matt, my brother, could literally come in here and snatch me off this cage and stage and drag me out the door. But Jesus says instead 
that you, and, and, and uh, Matthew actually says that he points at them, that he points at the disciples. Uh, and Mark says that he looks at, and, and we assume from Matthew's account, the disciples. And he says real clearly, these are my mother and brothers. What's he saying? Like, is he trivializing his mother Mary at the door? Or his brothers who are there, they care for him. They're trying to, to get him out of harm's way. Is he trivializing? No, nah, nah, that's not it at all. He's actually elevating these 12 guys that are sitting there in front of him, these disciples, and probably, probably some ladies as well. When you think about that disciple of, of, as a term more than apostles, he's looking at them and he says, well, hey, we are, we're family. It's a phrase we use a lot here at Radius. He looks at them and he says, we are family. And I, I, wanna, I want you, when we say we, when we use the pronoun we, capital W, capital E, I want you to remember uh, when we're done with this conversation today that you are united with Jesus Christ if you believed in him. I think we get kind of used to saying that. And Jesus looks at you through this video camera and says, we are family. I want to remind you who Jesus is. I look, looked up all the things that Jesus is called in the New Testament. So when he says we, he's, he's connecting you to the Son of God. Revelation says that he's the Almighty One. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the faithful and true. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lion of Jew, Judah. That, that's we. We are connected to that. He says we are his mother, brother. And sisters, the gospel say he's the bread of life. He's the son of God. He's the bridegroom, the good shepherd. He says, I'm the great I am, the lamb of God, the light of the world, the savior of the world, the door, the way, the word, the vine, the truth. And we are connected to him by his choice. The Psalms call him the chief cornerstone. First John calls him our advocate. The prophets call him the creator and redeemer. Paul calls him the rock deliverer, great high priest, head of the church, Lord of all, mediator, our hope. He's called Emmanuel, mighty one, the prince of peace. And he looks out at the disciples. And I need to tell you this, if you've believed in him, you're a disciple, even if you're not really following well right now. And he looks out at you, and I can imagine putting his hand on your shoulder and saying, we, we, capital W, capital E, we're connected to the Son of God based on his work on the cross. He looks at the disciples, and he, he makes this crazy proclamation in a nation that is uh, wrestling, right? Wrestling with who we are. As a matter of fact, it seems as you watch the Republican convention and the Democratic convention, it, it really seems like nobody really wants to use the pronoun we. There, there seems to be not a lot of hope that we're ever going to be a nation together, united. Oftentimes throughout history, something like a war, <laughs> a pandemic clearly doesn't work. Uh, sometimes it's a great leader like Martin Luther King Jr., that makes us again say we. Perhaps that leader is, is coming. Who knows? It doesn't look like he's anywhere soon or she. Uh, 
you and I as followers of Jesus have the opportunity to, to model for our nation and our community what we looks like because our leader is consistent and true. And he asks us to follow him. He asks us to follow him together, which is what we're going to effort to do. This is great. Uh, little, little group of verses in Galatians chapter 3. He says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who've been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All the division that we uh, are wrestling with as a nation, we as a people, the followers of Jesus, we, are supposed to look different. But because we are all put on that jersey, right, at baptism, we all put on Christ's jersey. And we're united with him and we're actually proclaiming with that water baptism to the world, not only that he's the Christ and that we identify with him in his death, burial and resurrection, but also that we're together. That we're a we. I was reading through uh, Mark uh, for, for a week and we're going to teach it here in, in a couple weeks here at Radius. And uh, you just can't get away from that idea that Jesus is calling the disciples to be together. And then secondly, you can't get away from his modeling uh, of the, uh, the action of service. So from, from the beginning of his life of leadership in his early 30s to three years later when he dies on the cross, we watch Jesus as a suffering servant. And he's calling his disciples to be like him. As a matter of fact, in that passage in chapter 3, it says, uh, it's a really curious phrase. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So there's a qualifier to we. Like, you, they're going to call you Christians if you do God's will. And then he brings some clarity to God's will later in the book in Mark chapter 10. So Jesus called them together and he said this. I love this as we face this election in the United States. You know the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. To give you a little context, Jesus is addressing his disciples, and two of them just been arguing who's going to sit on the left side and the right side of his throne. They are asking permission to be the man or the men that sit on the right and the left side of Jesus' throne. They want to, they want to lead at the top level. And Jesus, instead of really uh, making fun of their desire to be great, their, their inward desire to be greatness he uh identifies with it and then explains to them how to be great he says yeah 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 you can be great the greatest will be the greatest servant will put everyone before himself <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if the democratic or the republican national convention started with these verses that we are here to serve. We will put everybody else ahead of us. 
We're going to sacrifice everything to make this nation healthy again. The people of God, like our Savior, serve. So today, we just call these few minutes that we have together, we serve. We serve. The history of the church has been one of service. You know the churches around here. You know the churches you grew up in. You know the flaws of Radius Church. If you read church history, there's some stuff in there that absolutely makes you blush that was not done in the name of Jesus. Even for some of you, you've been hurt and damaged by the church and some leader or some individual. And I want to apologize on behalf of us. I want to use the pronoun we as opposed to throwing everybody else under the bus. I'm sorry. But nonetheless, when you look at church history, often in even a quiet kind of way, she has served the world. She is an unstoppable force. There's nothing that can happen in the United States elections coming up in a few years that will stop the church, right? There have been governments for, throughout history that have tried to stomp out Christianity, and all they do is stir her up. The Scripture actually says that the gates of hell can't prevail against the church, against the bride of Christ. We ain't going nowhere. You can't stop us. Not because we're great. As a matter of fact, it's absolute opposite. We're weak, but we're connected to Jesus. We're a part of his family, and you can't stop him. Think about the stuff just in our nation. Some of the greatest universities in our nation right now were because a group of believer, believers decided to pool their money and make a way for education. Some of those schools don't, we wouldn't agree with what they're teaching now, but Harvard and Princeton and Yale, and you go through the Ivy League schools, almost Duke, almost all of them have their foundations because Christians like you and me pooled our money and put it together and started an institution because we wanted people to learn the Bible. And they did, and they produced some great followers of Jesus. And over the course of time, they've gone another direction. Man, you look at the hospitals in this country and, and around the world, oftentimes planted by a group of believers that pooled their money because that town or that demographic needed health care and they, they put it in play to take care of them. We got a pandemic going on. Look back through church history and look at the pandemics that have gone across the globe and watch what the church does. We serve like our Savior does. Right now, after a couple thousand years of service, the baton's in our hands, right? Jesus passes it really by the end of the book of Mark to those 12 disciples. He says, hey, you serve like I serve. Passes the baton and they pass them to a, a church in Jerusalem and then to Antioch. And, and then Paul takes it on missionary journeys and establishes churches all the way till Radius Church is established, right? And the variety of churches in our town. And the baton's in our hands for this generation Will we serve? Particularly uh, with where we are in the nation right now with COVID, it seems like many believers have been forced into isolation. Oh, sometimes for very good reason. Maybe you're taking this in because you're very vulnerable or you have a family member that's vulnerable. And we appreciate you being willing to be we, even through video. 
But there's this dangerous beginning to isolation. It's the word I. All of a sudden, when we don't interact with anybody else and we try to be the church by ourselves, isolation is just this dangerous spot where stuff begins to spin on us and we can lose our way. So let, let me just, again, kind of push you. As you take this in, even if you need to take it in alone at home or with your family at home, make sure to share it with somebody. When you're done, call somebody. Share it with somebody online. Have a conversation about this, these, these passages of Scripture because doing this thing in isolation is, is really, really dangerous. And I is often the opposite of we. Let me just uh, close by celebrating a little bit with, with you. 17 years ago, uh, Radius Church was planted. And throughout our history, I don't know of many things that could be said better about us than, than, than our community saying of Radius Church that we, Radius, we serve. And I, I started listing just, just stories of moments when we've served. Radius Lexington was the first, right? That was 17 years ago, and there's, there's story after story I thought I'd share a couple just so we could reminisce who we were and remind ourselves who we are to be and make sure we're pointed to where we need to go. We serve. <laughs> There's a story of a trailer being given away. I, I wasn't here during that season, but everybody who was was so excited about this trailer that they were able to give to this family uh, uh, right back near Lexington High School. I, I hear the story from a variety of surf sources. There was this need came present and a young Radius Church heard about it. And, and that amount of money seemed like a huge amount of money at the time. They bought this trailer and, and put it right in place. It's it, it just simple, generous, generosity, but we serve. There's a, a, we call this a service. There was a guy, I know him well, I saw him this week, who came in with his family, ah, seven, eight years ago, came into the back row. God had really been stirring in his life. He already knew Jesus, but he hadn't been following Jesus. And he sat back on the back and, and there's this group of people that served that Sunday. There was a guy at the door who greeted him. There was child care. He didn't have any children that needed to go to child care. There's there folks caring for children over, over in the back. There was, there was a guy leading worship and a guy about ready to preach. And it doesn't really matter who the names were. He said he sat down. He had a little encounter with a greeter on the way in the door. He sat down near the back. And I, and I don't even know who was leading worship. One of our, our guys was leading worship. And as he led worship, my friend said two songs in, song and a half actually, he couldn't take it anymore. Literally got up out of his seat, left his family in their chairs and went to the house. He said he laid down on his floor and he repented to God for how he'd been living. And really did an about face. I mean, changed really the, the, the story of his family in that very moment because we serve. All those pieces that go into a Sunday morning just happened to be just right for him on that day. I got to spend a number of years at Radius White No. If you're from Radius White No, you can't forget the Toyota Avalon that was given away in the early days of that church. We, it's a Toyota Avalon, right? It, it was beautiful when I, when I saw it. We put a bucket in the back of the room. We heard about this waitress that really needed a car. She was a single mom. We put a five-gallon bucket back in real high tech in the back, and we're like, let's raise enough money to pay for that car. We raised $2,000, and then one of our families 
came and brought their keys to their Toyota Avalon, and we went straight to the restaurant, and we gave her the car. Oh, I hope you're proud. Like, we serve. That's who we are. And if, even if you're from Radius Irmo, that's your story. It's our family around the table telling that story. This morning at Radius White Knoll, the principal of the high school is, is sharing how we've served the high school. And those schools, those middle schools and elementary schools in that community, there's probably $100,000 somewhere in that range has been given in the last seven or eight years to those schools. And he's just thanking everybody. Praise God, right? That's part of our family. We serve. But if we were going to put a poster boy or a poster child uh, up for Radius We Serve, you would put Radius Saluda because they are known for it all throughout that community. They'd run this thing in the summer called Serve Saluda, and uh, they repair homes. Ten, I think they had 10 homes done, eight, 10 homes this year. And it's just this ongoing story after story after story in their community to where the town calls radius when they need something. You know why? Because like our Savior, we serve. Man, there's a little pride to that, right? Like you, you want to pound your chest, and I really don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's connected to Jesus. Because he serves, we serve. And if you know us well, you can't hardly find any of this stuff on Facebook. It's not promoted. We're not trying to get on the news. It's a joy to be like Jesus and give our lives away. In Irmo, I don't know if you heard about it, but they bought down gas at the gas station. Radius Irmo bought down gas at the gas station. And Ross, who leads over there, comes up with all kinds of crazy ideas on how they can serve, how they can get in the parade, how they can. And it's a brand new church. They don't have a whole lot, but they take what they have and they hold it out to the community. They're beginning to cut a road in Irmo that says, we serve like Jesus. Most of you will know somebody at Radius Rocky Creek. There's this. Uh, we're really excited about this new building that's being renovated out there. But all these years, they've been out there several years in the school. Folks have come in and set up and let, they got like 100 children there. There's a, we have a staff member there named Tracy that organizes all, all of these folks that serve kids. And every Sunday, they just don't ever seem to run out of volunteers to serve kids. Well, nobody's ever going to know. It's a, it's a part of their week. They actually miss the service. They can't sit in and, and enjoy Ryan preach or, or worship. They, they're actually giving their time to serve the kids. Why? Because Jesus, because we serve. They got story after story in the community. Uh, man, I, ho I hope you're getting what I'm saying because I've only said it a hundred times. Radius Church, the church in the world. Jesus wanted to be a, us to be known by our service. He wanted to, us to make ourselves second. That looks all kind of variety of ways. Uh, one of the pastors on our staff, he's actually rolling off to go back to the marketplace. Chris Seabe has, I mean, you, you can go around and count the families who he has sat with in their living room on their couch and told them the truth. That's service. So much easier to tell people what they want to hear, but told them the truth in hopes that their marriage or their family would be restored. And we got, he, he's got this list of families that have, that have listened to that truth and decided to take a step forward. 
He served them and served them after that. And we got stories of that from all kinds of our partners that serve one another when we start heading to the ditch or serve our community when our community's heading to, to the ditch. Um, it's really fun sitting around the dinner table with y'all and looking over eye to eye at our family, our family of churches, which really is, is one church around the table, looking in the eye and celebrating stories because we are like our Savior in a really kind of broken way because we serve. Mark, toward the end, captures Jesus on the way to the cross. And he's praying. He's speaking to his Father. He's kind of dreading the separation between him and his Father. And uh, he prays these words. Not my will but your will be done. And so oftentimes when you take the book of Mark and you kind of try to sum it up, we call it the book of the suffering servant. Jesus, the great servant who laid all of his stuff and his life on the line to do the will of the Father. Today, Radius Church, we're looking forward to a new school year. And we again, for the 18th year, plan on serving Lexington. Now we get to serve all corners of Lexington. We plan on serving all the way out in Saluda. We can't wait to continue to cut ground and serve Irmo. We got a brand new opportunity downtown that we are excited about serving that community. It's an honor to serve with you, but most of all to serve as a part of the family that Jesus established. Let me pray. Jesus, we love you. Even in this very moment, we commit to serve you. <laughs> I got family members all throughout that are evaluating maybe what, what they need to do more. So Holy Spirit, nudge them. If they need to uh, bake some bread to take to the neighborhood, then give them the courage to go get that done. They need a volunteer at the school or send a note to the school to encourage them, then push them to get that done, Lord. If when we get back a little bit more to normal, they want to volunteer with kids and here at one of our services at, at Radius, then uh, nudge them to get that done, Lord. They need to give away more money to some cause. Nudge them, Lord. We want to be like you, but we need help to be like you. So lead us to serve, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.